Welcome to the Show Up Fitness Podcast, where great personal trainers are made. We are changing the fitness industry one qualified trainer at a time with our in-person and online personal training certification. If you want to become an elite personal trainer, head on over to showupfitness.com. Also, make sure to check out my book, How to Become a Successful Personal Trainer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day and keep showing up. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to the Show Up Fitness Podcast. Today is episode number 31 on this beautiful, sussy Saturday, bright and early. I came to the gym. It's very mid. I don't know if I'm using that vocabulary properly. Tyler and I are going to do a Gen Z podcast next week, and on God, I'm learning so much awesome stuff. Bet, bet. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about how you can help people. That's why we got into personal training, right? Before we get into the irony behind that statement, the word of the day, loquacious, one of my favorite words, very talkative. My mom, love her to death, but when you wake up at 5 a.m. and you're out there talking, she doesn't even need coffee. She's very loquacious. Don't ask me how to spell that word. I am a terrible speller. I cheated. I'm not going to lie. I've cheated in my life. I cheated in college. I was a cheater. Yes, I was. Damn you, Chris. I live with that every single day, but I cheated in anatomy because I can't spell worth shit. Whoever had that I before E except after C, bullshit. What about caffeine? What about height? Heifer. Oh, chief. Those don't abide by that rule. Sternocleomastoid. I can't spell that. I'd have those big pink erasers and I'd write the words out with the proper spelling because in anatomy at Chico, you had to spell the words properly. If you didn't, then you got half a point off. I could tell you everything, where the terrace major was, the paraformis, the gracilis, opopladius. I got you. I know where that is, but could I spell it? No. So I cheated. But anywho, let's get into the workout of the day. And that's going to be, I guarantee you haven't done this before, a box set. This is what you do at the end of a workout. Get your good dynamic warm-up in there. You hit your 10 checkpoints of human movement. Get into your first warm-up set. Get into some heavier strength slash power first. For beginners, you want to stick to 10 to 15, strength and ligaments and tendons. As we go through our programming and become more intermediate to advanced, you want to put strength and power first, which would be 1 to 5 heavy or 1 to 10 lightweight but fast. And then you get into your moderate weight. That's for 6 to 15 reps. And you end off on the endurance. And if you have time, we do a little metabolic conditioning, which is Metcon. So normally we would put a CCA3 at the end. What I do is a CCCA, and it would look like for someone who wants to focus more on upper body and say they're training four days a week. So that last circuit, I would do a horizontal push, like an incline press into a horizontal pull. So use the incline press and just do a pronated row at an incline, and then go into the opposite of the row, which would be another horizontal push. So you do some push-ups, and then you do some chin-ups. So essentially it's chest back, chest back, and then your rest would be cardio. So a minute of jump rope. And I want it to be very aerobic, not anaerobic, not some hit on the bike or some sprints. I don't want it to be very, very taxing. I almost want the cardio to be your rest. I call it active rest. People lose their shit, especially your clients. This isn't rest, Chris. This sucks. This sucks. So you do the cardio for a minute, and then you go backwards. So you would do your chin-ups, into push-ups, into the rows, into the incline, back into cardio. You do your cardio for a minute, and you go back into the incline, into the rows, into the push-ups, into the chin-ups, into cardio. 
And you do that until the client is ready to leave. And I always ask my client, do you have some energy left in the tank? If my client is just taxed, I'm not going to get them to push so hard that they throw up. I'm not working with elite athletes. I'm not training David Goggins. If this is going to get them out of their comfort zone, but not to the point where they have to go home and rest for six hours because you annihilated them. So it's all applicable to the individual and what they can handle with their conditioned state. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Why did you, whoever you are, you're walking on the beach right now, you're listening to this thinking, oh my God, I love Chris's voice. He's your amazing podcast. I'm going to share my story because I want everyone to know what it's like to become a successful certified personal trainer. Show up and this is the best. So as you're posting that right now on the beach or hungover, getting ready for a client, whatever it may be, why do you want to become a trainer? Why did you want to become a trainer? And I'll bet you my belt buckle that it was because you wanted to help people. Now, the irony behind that statement is the most common complaints that I hear, Equinox trainers, Lifetime trainers, F45, independent trainers, show up trainers, I'm not making enough money. I need to make more money. How do I make more money? I need to get another stream of revenue. Yes, we talk about that because I want your mind to be in a good place financially. But we need to flip the script with that thinking. If I tell you to go out on the floor right now and sell that member, your heart rate's going to shoot up. Your blood pressure's going to increase. You're going to have anxiety. You're probably not going to perform at that elite level because you're nervous. If I were to tell you to go help that person who has bad form on the lap pulldowns, now that's in your wheelhouse. What I did is restructured. I reframed that sentence. And that's what we need to do with our mindset when it comes to this profession as a personal trainer. 90% of textbook trainers quit within the first year because they're not set up with clear expectations. You take your textbook certification, yippee, I post a photo on Instagram, which means you're unqualified. Then you put that in your bio, which doubles down that you're unqualified because you have your NASA, MACE, ISSA, CPT, just tells actual fitness professionals you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but you still put it up there because it makes you feel good. It's like putting on a little furry jacket. You feel nice and cozy. And then you're like, well, what the hell do I do? So you go to a corporate gym, you get hired, and then what? Now what? You got to go get clients. So they say, go get 10 clients. And you're like, oh my God, this sucks. Extrovert, introvert, I don't care what you are. You're going to be freaking out because textbooks don't teach you this stuff. If you have a great manager who can mentor you and teach you those ropes, you'll do fine. You'll develop those skills. Otherwise, like most gyms or internships or wherever you go, they don't teach you those skills. So it'd be like learning Spanish, and then now you're a professor, and they say, great, start speaking French. And you're like, we? Huh? Whatever the hell no means in French. You don't know how to do it. And so you're going to learn by yourself? What? That's the definition of insanity. Because you do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So you're walking around trying to find members. Have you done your consultation yet? Do you have a trainer? So you're taking this transactional approach. It's not going to work. For the most part, you may get a client here or there, but they don't stick around because you don't know how to train. You don't know how to retain, get in their results. In comparison, you wake up in the morning, you go, I'm going to help someone today. I'm going to walk around and I'm going to help someone. The framing of that isn't as scary. You're doing this as you originally set out to help people. So you go out there and you start talking to individuals. Hey, how's it going? Happy Saturday. You smile. What do you got on the agenda today? You have open-ended conversations. I just got back from the gym. Oh, really? That's awesome. I'm a trainer. What'd you do? 
And that conversation will transition into an opportunity to help them. Yeah, I got some knee pain. Oh, great. That's awesome. I've had a lot of clients that have knee pain and I helped them get out of it. You should follow me on Instagram. You should follow me on YouTube. If you don't have those platforms set up, that's a missed opportunity. So that conversation, trying to help someone, is going to transition into building your pipeline, your farm as I call it. You're planting those seeds. So when you go out there with the intent to help someone, if you're constantly thinking, I'm going to help someone today, I'm going to help someone today, I'm going to help someone today, versus I need more money, I need more money, I need more money, you will frame it in a way that's more positive. That's a growth mindset because that person who you helped seven months ago, that's going to transition today into a client or three clients or getting linked up with a high school football team or a bunch of nurses, or lawyers, or people who you can help. You get in front of them and you show your value. So if you're at a gym, don't think of it, I need a prospect and go get five people today. Think of it as I'm going to talk to five people I've never talked to before. I'm going to get their name and I'm going to see how I can help them. Ask your clients that question versus you sticking in your head going, I need more money right now. I'm not going to make rent. You go, how can I help someone? You ask that to your client. Hey, Barry, how's everything been going? How can I help you today? How can I make your Saturday the best fucking Saturday in the world? And he could even say something like, you know what? I don't really want to work out today. I just want to really debrief. Awesome. Let's do some foam rolling. Let's do some trigger point stuff that I can help you calm down. We can do some stretching, walk around the block. We can walk down to the pier. Make it about your client. Dr. Waterbury, my mentor, says this to me all the time. What do you want? Go out there and get it. Just reframe it in a way that isn't as scary. You need to go make X amount of money. Now, I need to help 10 people who are paying me this hourly rate that I deserve, and that's going to translate into less stress financially. It's going to give me more freedom versus you need to make $100,000 by training 60 hours a week. That's scary. If you want to help people, I'm going to challenge you right now. If I get into your story, am I going to see that you're potentially helping people? Or are you posting TNA photos? That stands for Terrace Major and Adductor Magnus. And letting people know how narcissistic you are. Hey, everybody, look at my ass. Look at my abs. I'm so awesome. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to talk in my story and tell you how I got that. Because I'm insecure as shit and I'm just going to flaunt my wares and I'm going to tell you to buy my guide. And then I'm going to send you a shitty guide with a bunch of stupid ass exercises, jumping like Tinkerbell and doing idiotic movements that don't actually get you to where you be because you're 20 years old and you have a great physique because you have no stress. You don't have to pay rent. You have mommy and daddy helping you out. It's not hard to look amazing when you're 20, 25. Try helping someone who's 40 with five kids and they literally have 30 minutes to work out twice a week. Now that's a challenge. Find me a textbook that's going to teach you how to train that individual. Telling that person they do an hour of fasted cardio every single day, eat tilapia and fucking green beans, that's not going to do jack shit. So ask yourself, what is your purpose with your online? Are you helping people? Or are you using it as a way to compete with all these narcissistic pricks? If you really want to help people, you get in your story and you talk to that potential one person who you could help today. Howdy, everybody. I know you're not going to say howdy. You're going to use some Gen X term. You're going to say bet or on God or mid, mid, whatever the stuff we're saying today. But connect with your audience. Don't say, hey, guys. So I say howdy because I like that. Breaks the ice. 
Howdy, everybody. I had a client recently who had some shoulder pain. Let me show you a couple exercises that help with that. I'm not saying that these exercises cure shoulder pain, but I'm giving people with shoulder pain an opportunity to move and try something that may help them very low hanging fruit. So for example, for low back pain, I may show a cat cow, cat camel, whatever the hell you want to call it, a plank, some bridges, and then I'm going to talk about it afterwards. The reason I chose these three exercises is because the spine isn't moving very much. They're very safe. You're not going to exacerbate the condition that you have. Give this a shot, and if it works, shoot me a DM. I'd love to hop on a Zoom call, see how I can help you more. So now you're using your social media proactively versus here's my workout at the gym. Great, you can curl 70s like Chris can, but are you helping people afterwards? And that's something that Danny and I talk a lot about in our online coaching program. We're going to be starting that in a couple of weeks, how to get 10,000 followers. This isn't like a, oh, you need 10,000 followers to be cool. But unfortunately today, people will look at you in a greater fashion if you have more followers. Yes, it's shallow, but do the blind test. You're in pain and you look on Instagram and someone has 51 followers. Someone has 3,400 followers and someone has 28,000 followers. Who are you going to go with? Unfortunately, that mind with that veil is going to go to the person who has more followers. And so instead of putting someone with a million followers on your radar saying, I need to get a million followers to be like that person. No, use your platform to strategically be action-based. So are you posting in your story right now how you can help someone? Do people know right now that you are a trainer and a nutrition coach and you can help them eat better without dieting in a crazy fashion? If they don't, that's a missed opportunity. Think of your story as an ad. If you see an ad every day over and over and over again, you're going to remember it. If you see a really annoying, if I jump into my story every single time, howdy everybody, it's your favorite trainer with the belt buckle, and I go ape shit, and I do that every single story, I'm going to lose a lot of people. I have a little bit of energy on one. It's a persona, but then I'm going to talk about this. Here's a book. Here's that. We teach personal trainers. We're the best certification in fitness. Hey, check out this seminar. Check out our class. I'm presenting what we offer in little doses versus you have 98 story posts about you and your glutes, people you're going to lose. Again, you need to find that happy medium. It's Goldilocks right in the middle. So if you don't have something about you right now in your story, take this as an opportunity to share this podcast and then talk about it afterwards. Show Up Fitness Podcast, really great information today. I learned about a box set. I learned about mindset. I learned about a belt buckle, Chris's giant biceps, whatever. And then you talk about how you can help your followers. It got me thinking. Something that I do regularly is post my exercises. What's something that you would like to learn more from me? I'm a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. Then put a little question in there. And then see who asks a question. Worst case scenario, no one asks a question. Well, then you use your swift. What was your strength about that post? What was your weakness? And so then you go through these statistics. Every single one of these story posts is a stat. If you don't have anything right now, start with one, two, or three. And be regular with it for at least a week. And then you analyze that data. And then you go back a month, and then a quarter, and then a year. And then you analyze what worked. Maybe you're not a social media person. That's all right. Go through your phone log and start texting people who you know. How are you holding up today? 
As you know, I'm a trainer, a nutrition coach. Is there something I can help you with? Personalize it. Hey, Uncle Barry, how's Fruit Loops doing? Oh, little bugger, hopefully he's doing well and got over his cough. All right, I wanted to see how are you doing and how can I help you? As you know, I'm a trainer, I'm a nutrition coach. Are you holding up okay? You send that to 100 people, you're going to get some people to say things like, my back hurts, my knee hurts, my ankle. I put on some weight, I'm not in a good place mentally. I'd love to hop on a call to see how I can help you. And then you help them. Well, Chris, how do I charge family members? That's another podcast that I can do, and I'm going to write that down right now because you can charge them and you should charge them because people don't like free shit for the most part. You lose a lot of credibility. That is something I learned from Pete Dupuis. I think I said that right. Sorry, Pete, if I didn't. He's a business partner with Eric Cressy. They have a spot in Florida and also New York. One of the best internships in the world. I'm going to say second best because ours is superior. Sorry, friendly Yukon competition right there. But he said you should charge for your assessment because you're providing some sort of value. And a light just went off. When you have someone in front of you for an hour, even if you are very loquacious, go back to the word of the day, and you talk the entire time, they're going to learn something. They may not buy it from you because you just talk too much. Use the 70-30% breakdown where you speak 30% of the time, they're speaking 70%. So you provide enough value where they're paying you for that. But now you're different than everyone else who's out there. If you're a new trainer, you just started out less than a couple years, you're probably going to have to offer things for free. Give as much stuff as you can for free, and then it's going to translate into charging for your services. When I first started training, I wasn't charging the amount that I am today. I got to that point by offering a bunch of free stuff. So in the beginning, if you don't have any clients, you need to go out there and market yourself, advertise you by being present in your community. You can take the advantage of online because it's very simple and easy and then do it over and over and over again. Now, don't confuse that with training a full book of business for free. If you don't have any clients, go out there right now, let people know how much you normally charge, but for the next month of October, because it's Halloween and you love Halloween, you're gonna be giving a discount. Normally it's $50 per hour, it's gonna only be X. And if someone says, I can't afford that right now, and you don't have any clients, well then here's what I'm willing to do. I can definitely help you with that low back issue, the knee, the ankle, whatever. But normally my rates are this. So if we were to train three times a week at 50 bucks, that's $150, $600 per month. So if I were to essentially give you $600 worth of free information, what do you think is fair in exchange? Maybe you talk in your story. Maybe you refer people from your work. Maybe you reach out to your uncle who's a billionaire. What can we do to make this fair for the both of us? Because you're helping them now. So those are some tricks that you can implement today on a lovely Saturday to help more people. When I reflect on my training career, I can without a doubt say there's three times that have been the most impactful in my entire training career, 20 plus years. Number one, training a group of special needs kids in Dublin, California. You can type in the Dublin patch show up fitness and you can read that article one of my favorite articles and i didn't do it for the article i reached out to a special ed teacher in the area and said i would love to train your group of kids my mom was a special ed teacher and it really 
hit home and my heart just has a warm spot for working with special needs. I was a bubble boy, always sick. So my mom would bring me to school on days that I was milking it as my dad would say, bullshit, dad, I was sick, I promise. But I would go to school and I wouldn't engage and interact with her students. And I just loved working with them. Their hearts were huge. They were fun. They're people just like you and I. Every Tuesday and Thursday, they would clean the gym in exchange for us training them. That was part of the barter because they didn't, the teachers didn't want us to train them for free. They needed to work for it. And so I love Melissa working with the, the instructors, but also the students. Literally one of the best experiences of my life. I remember one of the students, and this, this is a great story because there was a mom in the class who was going through the program to get certified. And this was one of her first days volunteering to help out with the kids. And we did a little warm-up, had some fun, did some stability ball, rotation stuff, hit all those 10 checkpoints, warmed up. The kid's name was Andrew. And we, we went up to 135 on bench press. And she's like, Chris, you can't do that. You're going to hurt him. <laughs> I chuckled. I said, just sit back and watch. And that little fucker cranked out 135 for like 15 reps. And he got up and he was smiling. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, they're not delicate little creatures. They're humans just like you and I. And when you understand the human body, it's so great to see what the potential is. And that kid would be so fired up. And I think I got one of them up to like 185 one time. Such a great experience. And that smile that he would have was priceless. The second group of people who I love to train was a juvenile detention center outside of Malibu. And we also went to a spot inside of L.A. And it was just really awesome to come into this community where, where you had some kids who were dealt shitty hands you had little shits who were up to no good, but I knew that exercise would help them. And one of the first things that I did, and I'm in front of like 30, 40 kids, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to tell you my story. You know what's really cool is when you see what your body's capable of. So let's get down and do some push-ups. We started doing some push-ups, and they're cranking them out, and I'm having fun laughing. I'm like, that's not a push-up. That's a half-ass push-up. Let's see what you can do over here. We went to one-arm push-ups. We went to some clap push-ups. I established myself as the dominant alpha in that environment. And so then they looked at me and they started listening. And every time I would go there, we would work out, but I'll give them little nuggets. I'm not here to be your positivity coach and speak down to you on all this great stuff that life has to offer us. I'm on the other side and you're on the inside. But I know exercise can light a spark under people's asses. And so if I can get one of those kids to light that spark to the point that he's going to change, then it's well worth it. And so that was a really neat opportunity. And I did that regularly. I really loved everything about that whole experience. But with a lot of these encounters, they open doors into other opportunities. Again, though, I'm not doing it for that reason. If you're thinking right now, I got to train a bunch of special needs kids to get more clients, that's not the purpose of this. What are you great with? There's probably someone or a type of, of individuals who you could help that you've liked working with in the past. Maybe it's elderly. Maybe it's younger. Well, then offer your services for free, which leads me to the third one, Santa Monica High school, I love working with athletes. When I was a high school kid, I always wanted to perform at that elite level. I couldn't. I was plagued by injuries. That's my victimhood story. I'm not in the NBA today because I took prednisone and I was a little bubble boy. I promise that's why. But I always had this wish that someone would mentor me. Someone would take me under their wing and show me how to do things properly. So when we train kids at Santa Monica High School, I love working with the kids who had 
improper mechanics because I would teach them properly. And it was like I was helping younger Chris. If this kid can implement this proper movement competency and progress regularly, they're going to be significantly better off than I was. So that's giving back. They say your life, the first 10 years of your career, you're learning. The second 10 years, you're earning. And then the last 10 years, you're returning. Well, I'm going to challenge that and say, why not always be returning? Instead of just being hyper-focused on the books and then hyper-focused on making a shit ton of money, and now it's okay to start giving back, why not always be giving back? Why not always be helping people? We talk about that in sales. It's not always be closing, it's always be helping. If you are a trainer, I challenge you to always have one client or one group of people who can't afford your services to be providing that for free. And the irony on the irony, we want to do this to help people, right? But I guarantee you that person or that group who you're devoting your free time to, it's going to be more rewarding than any clients who you're working with. So get out there today and start helping people. You are a qualified personal trainer. You have a gift. Give back. Help people who maybe are not able to pay for personal training because it is a luxury for the most part. Who can you help today? Get into your story and ask that question. How can I help you? I will put that on you right now. How can I help you? I want Show Up Fitness to become the best certification in the world so we can help more people safely. So I want to know. Send me a message, chris at showupfitness.com. Find me on Instagram. Leave us a five-star rating comment. How can I help you? Because by you helping us, I can help you more and more of yous. It's a trickle-down effect. And that's my favorite word, ubiquity. Look it up. Have a great fucking day. Keep showing up.